Welcome back to the Ridcast. This is Isaac Hunter. Parker Stephenson. Happy to be here. Just a quick little recap. On our last episode, we had Jason Wild on, the CFO. Pimp Daddy, Jace Daddy, whatever you want to call him. Total stud. Had a lot of really good nuggets that he dropped for us. He has a super amazing track record. So go check that one out. Today, we have the one and only Sam Hunter and the one and only Carson Murray. These two are day ones for me. The three of us sitting here with P. Steph, Burr, and Sam, these are you know my best friends right here, so super excited for this one. Yeah, this is going to be a good episode, guys. Just a little intro. Well, I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about these guys as we get into the podcast, but Sam Hunter was the number one rep at RID. Carson was number two. So we got the top two guys in the company here with us today. So let's, uh, without any further ado, let's get this thing rolling. Three, two, one. Here we go, here we go, here we go, boys. How we doing? Dude, I feel excited to be here. I feel like I'm dropping back a superstore right now, super sweaty. I'm a little bit nervous, but dropping in with the boys. Godspeed. Gotta get that Red Bull. Mm, Yes, sir. They did that every day going out to the doors this summer. They would crack a energy drink at the same time. They'd like slap it. I don't know. I guess that's a thing. It's when like what drinkers top, do. It doesn't explode as much, so it's pregame tradition for us. I think it's mostly from when you're drinking a beer, but it applies to the Red Bull or to the Monsters or to the Bangs as well. Maybe the rain on a special occasion, like a Saturday knock. Anyways, I had to rep the Chicago hoodie today. I see Murs repping the Bulls hat too. Looks good. I still want that hat. Dude, you don't know what you're ever going to find at your grandpa's <laughs> house on a Saturday afternoon helping doing yard work. You're not going to talk about my hat for Mr. Sherl's? Yeah, we do have we do have Mr. Sherl's hat right here, too. Yes. Already gone, for those that don't know. Go check it out. Go buy one for Sherl's. He's a homie. We should get paid for saying that. <laughs> it's marketing for him. Yeah, we just did our first ad on the Ridcast. <laughs> I'll send uh, Sherl's a $5,000 Venmo request after this. Well, guys, obviously, for those, again, like PCF already mentioned, these are the top two reps at RID right here. Also, two of the, you know, just weirdest kids I've ever known in my life, too. No, I'm just kidding. These guys are total studs. And we just wanted to have you two on to kind of just pick your brain. Obviously, we have a good time. We all sold together in Chicago this summer and we'll be together in Charleston. The goal is for Sam and Carson to eventually, you know, within the next couple of years, year two, open up their own branch as well. Kind of the same thing that is a theme that we've talked about on this podcast is how do you build real wealth and ownership and these guys have caught that vision and so we just want to kind of pick their brains a little bit but just to kind of like start we just wanted to get maybe a fun little story from the summer or just in the past before you guys talk about your memories I do want to tell everybody that the first year that I sold with these guys we were in the bay area and these two push each other like I've never seen before with any rep. And I know that there's, there is a lot of competition with this job and healthy competition. And like, you know, if somebody goes out and sells five, like PCF goes out and sells five, that motivates me to want to go sell six that day and to the next level. That's what these guys are doing. You know, I think Sam's best day was what, 15 this summer. Yeah. And then Mer, what about you? 12. Yeah. Like these guys are just nuts when it comes to the amount of revenue that they produced and just the consistency that these guys have. Both rookies, 310 and what, 301, something like that. I got 302. You got like 311, didn't you? 310. And then this last year, Sam did 506 and Murr's currently sitting at 465. Seems like he's getting deals left and right still. I'm never going to turn down a little phone deal. Yeah. So yeah. People just don't forget Murr's face and they just call him back. 
with that being said, we want people to kind of get to know you guys a little bit. Talk about, you know, an, an experience or a memory from the summer. Dude, honestly, like the funnest time of the summer, like wasn't really specific activity. It was just like being with the boys, whether that's driving out to hood every day or like driving to and from like the areas that we're going to. That was a good time. But as far as like a sales experience goes, this is one week I sold like eight in this neighborhood and then nine and I was doing really good and I was like wanting to go back. So I went back to go squeeze out a few more deals and I was sitting at zero deals at seven o'clock and I was like afraid I was going to bagel because at that point in the summer, I never bageled. So I wanted to never bagel and long story short, kept knocking doors, 830 rolled around and usually we like to stay out late past dark, but in Chicago, probably not the smartest thing to uh, stay out late. Just kept knocking and I finally got a deal. I think it was like 9.50 or 9.55, almost 10 o'clock. And that was probably the worst day in my sales career, but it was honestly one of the best memories I have because just grinded until I finally got one. It was kind of a lucky sell. She was driving into her driveway and talked to her real quick and she kind of ended up being a lay down. So worked out really well, but that's just one of my best memories. Even though it was one of the worst days of my sales career, ended up being one of the better days. Dude, I remember that I picked you up that day. I was your car partner and I got there at like nine o'clock. And you came to me at nine o'clock and you're like, dude, I've never bageled. I'm just going to go until I get a sell. And I'm like, dude, it's nine. It's literally pitch black out. I remember calling CJ at like 945. Still, you weren't in the car. And I'm like, dude, I don't know where Sam is. I don't know if he's like getting a deal or if like something happened for knocking that late. Like he might be in jail. We don't know. It got to a point where like I was just sprinting because there's no sign of life. And I remember I just ran across the entire neighborhood and found some chick outside and got lucky. But yeah, good times, but rough times. But Sam, to this day, still has not bageled. It's what we call the miracle deal. You're grinding all day, and then on a silver platter, right when you're about to call it, you this get was that a, deal. This was a golden platter. Like, yeah. this wasn't even silver. One of my favorite memories ever selling was uh, us four making the drive out to Chicago. You guys remember that snowstorm? <laughs> yeah, when you were going 80 miles an hour, and we were going 30. Dude, the WRX... That thing took me places I'd never thought I'd be able to go. But snowstorm, late April, didn't expect it. P-Stuff just rocking the school cap the entire time driving the Mirage. I had to stay in the zone, you know what I mean? I I lost a hubcap in that storm. I didn't want to lose my life as well. What was that crusty hamburger place we ate at? I don't know, dude. Yeah, we made made a couple stops along the way, but I'll never forget Grand Island, Nebraska, serving you guys sour cream tacos. Oh, and you clean oh up the scraps. Or the Velveeta cheese taco. <laughs> I haven't been to I haven't been to Taco Bell since. What about what about winter sales? Like the first three months of oh. Chicago oh, wearing yeah. seven layers and just freezing. Dude, actually I'm glad you brought that up because that kind of like takes me into what I wanted to say for my sales memories. So yeah, our first month in Chicago, like our first five weeks was just absolutely freezing. If any of you know what humid cold feels like, you know what I'm talking about. It just goes straight through your clothes. I had on five layers every single day knocking. And uh this one day knocking this cul-de-sac i didn't have a deal by like 5 or five thirty, and i'm like this area's got to be good i just don't know where these deals are hiding it's like in the middle of the woods in like northern illinois and dude i get my first deal this little switch over it's a bundle and then they just kept falling after that and it's freezing this night it was so cold i remember being freezing but ended up being my biggest day that was the, that was the 12 day or at least one of them Dude, you summer. sold that like entire cul-de-sac. I remember <laughs> just looking on sales routes and seeing that. I'm like, this has got to be a glitch. Like, <laughs> Well, I was debating on calling Murray. I knew he was in the zone, but I almost called him. Like, I wanted to know what kind of aces he was throwing out in the doors for these customers. I was a little bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like one of the few times in my sales career that I got more deals than I was told no to. 
The other people that just didn't answer the door, it's a sad day that they didn't have. Unfortunate for them. It's, it's sad they didn't get pest control, but hopefully, hopefully someone picked up the scraps. Yeah. One thing that I think just to kind of help anyone listening to this really understand was when we say it was cold, I remember, I think this was like end of May, first part of June, but I remember there was a night where it was literally 36 degrees. <laughs> Dude. Like it was and literally 36 degrees on the weather app. And I'm like, what, what am I doing out here? Dude, like, it's, mind, <laughs> it's called the windy city too. Like it was not just cold, but that wind was brutal, dude. Like it was pretty it was windy. tough. I have yeah. no clue where you were peace out for Isaac, but me and Sam were like split in this neighborhood. Do you guys remember the raining day when it was like freezing oh and I put, a, I put a bag over my Segway <laughs> so it didn't get sweat. <laughs> That's the benefit of a foot soldier, dude. Don't yeah. have to put bags on your shoes. How about the day, Merv wasn't knocking this day, but I will never forget when we were down in Crete and we had a tornado just blow right through our area. I just sat in the basement of this old man's house and this dude had a dog that was older than he was. And we were in the basement with these steps and the dog wouldn't go down the stairs because his knees were like broken, basically. This dog was literally a skinwalker. So, like. yeah, yeah. And the, the guy walks down the stairs, sets like a little pillow down and then walks back up and just throws his dog down the stairs the, the things you experience on the doors dude that was the They're first crazy. day i'd ever taken off ever shout out to the family for coming into town and i don't regret it either so yeah because we knocked 11 doors 10 doors and then you literally evacuate the city because the tornado ran through our hoods and shout out to mr williams sorry coach williams he actually uh called me and gave me a phone deal that day. So yeah, that no tornado way. Terry ripping through. I think this is kind of a, a great opportunity to segue into another kind of question we have for you guys. You know, we'll we'll open it up to a question, but I know one thing that I've admired a ton about Carson and Sam is their work ethic, right? Like these guys, they're goofballs, you know, they're they're a ton of fun. They're all over the place with their energy, but these are guys that literally are just grinding day in, day out, making it happen. And I think it, it says a lot about who you guys are as people. And then obviously the results show. So I guess maybe each of you could could chat about this a little bit more. But what's like your, your mindset or your thought process when it comes to like work ethic and, and working hard when you're on the job? This sounds super cliche, but I'm going to throw it back to the mission. I'm sure like you guys or anyone listening going into the mission, I probably wasn't the hardest worker, but I quickly learned how to be. And uh, I'm actually going to shout out my pops for this one. He uh, was like midway through my mission and I was telling him it was just out in a tough area. And he told me to leave no stone unturned, pretty much just to work as hard as I can until the end and uh, do all that I can. And that's something I still think about to this day when I'm out selling, when I'm out seven, eight o'clock, no deals. I still know there's something out there. Shout out to little baby for uh, for getting me some of those deals late night in the summer. But whenever I didn't have a deal and I was like eight or eight thirty, I'd turn little baby on and I'd get a deal. I don't know I don't know why, but it worked. So it's yeah. a little secret, <laughs> little secret sauce for me, Mur, is if you want to automatically get a deal, either listen to little baby or Bora Bora by Little Dirk. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Peace stuff for Bora Bora. But that's a banger. My dad said something that's I've held close because. When it comes to when it comes to working hard, I mean, any day really, if you don't give it your all, then you could be selling yourself short of X amount of deals, right? I mean, you, you could bagel or you could, you could have a five day and be like, dude, this is a good day. I'm just going to stop here. Like, it was a solid day. I'm going to go home early. I'm going to go play some Warzone. I'm going to go make myself some pastaroni, you know, or you could keep grinding. And you could, you know, you could probably find two, three, four, five more deals. Like, you really never know. Like, just a quick story. I don't know if you guys remember this. This was preseason as well. We were knocking up in Antioch. Dude, it was 7.30 and I didn't have a deal. And I was like, oh, dude, come on. And I don't know how, but I ended up getting five in like 30 minutes. Or it was, it was like an hour. But either way, you never know when they're going to start falling. But when they do, you don't know when they're going to stop falling because they could keep falling and falling and falling when you get in that groove. 
One other thing that Murray probably wants to keep dear to his heart and won't mention, but I'm going to, is if you want to sell as well as he does, you need to have a Pastoroni shrine in your apartment. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Pastoroni my first summer was like all that got me through. Isaac told me that he'd eat Pastoroni every night and I wanted to sell like just as good as Isaac. So, dude, I'd pound that stuff. I was hey, superstitious. You got to do what you got to do. It was either the pastoroni for me or the beef fajitas. <laughs> you knew that the beef fajitas were in the oven because, you know, my apartment room was on the second floor above theirs at the very other side, and I could smell it from there. <laughs> Murray's room, sorry, don't even go too deep into this, but Murray's room literally smelled like red lobster for the entire summer. Okay, to, on a serious note, though, one thing about Murr, just so you can kind of understand where he's coming from, is I remember day one, we were out in California and knocking doors and I went out with him and this was the COVID summer. So a lot of reps were still super hesitant, still super nervous, kind of like what's going to happen with this summer. And I go to pick uh, Murr up around like nine, nine fifteen. We worked late that night and I pull into his hood and he's running dead sprints from house to house. And I just was shocked. And that's, that's the type of work ethic that Murr has. And I knew he was going to do well from that moment on, regardless of how, I mean, you sold well your first couple of weeks anyways, but like there's always a learning curve with the job. And I just knew you were going to figure it out just from that experience. One thing I want to say is, and you kind of said this earlier, but me and Sam push each other a ton too. Like, I feel like everyone, wherever they're at, as far as a company goes, like you need to have that person that pushes you or you need to be in a company that pushes you. And that's why I like rid so much because I don't even have Sam, but I have other guys, right. That push me. I, I look at the leaderboards, you know, at the end of the day. And if I don't see myself at the top, then I'm, I'm pretty bummed. And so that's why I love going against Sam. Cause it literally goes out and slays it every day. And I'll look at the leaderboards. Sometimes I'm like, freak, dude, I don't know how I'm going to like, I don't know how I'm going to make up for like this dude says you, you're the one that always gets the first blood. You're the one that gets the first, like literally, I swear you don't even knock a door and you get a deal immediately. Like you walk outside <laughs> your car and it's just Carson's already two. Cause he gets a bundle. He's got the, that Madsen luck. Yes. That, that Madsen sending luck. Shout out Madsen. He does. One one other thing, I'm pretty sure that story that Isaac told was where the where Murr got his uh, nickname, the Nightcrawler. Yes. Is that right? That's yeah. where it comes from. Shout out to Travis Scott. Dude, shout out to T. Scott. Sway Lee, Chief Keef, Nightcrawler. That song's a banger. Talking about that, though, like, that's what, for me, for my mentality and stuff, like, just knowing that Isaac, P. Steph, Murray, and the other guys on the team, like, if I'm not grinding, then I'm like, like I'm the least hardest work on the team at that moment. Because everyone on our team's always grinding. Like, everyone's always out to nine. So I don't like the idea of being the worst or, like, the least hardest worker. So just knowing that everyone else on the team is just grinding makes me want to be, grind- like, grinding even harder than I usually am. And I work hard, I think. But just seeing Murray maybe, like, eight deals or PSEF or you, Isaac, at, like, nine, seven, like, and I'm at five. It's like, dude, I need to beat these guys. Like, not in a bad way, but it's just like, I know I'm just as good. And I know I can, like, go out and just slay it and at least work as hard as I can. Maybe I won't beat you guys, but... At least I can try my best. We have a good competitive spirit here. It's not. It's not like we're looking to tear each other down when we're saying this. This is this is another thing I like about Rid. No one looks to tear each other down. We all look to build each other up. Kind of like the dream team. I don't know what year it's from. It's a little beyond me. Maybe ninety two. Is it? And if it's we're like, the dream team, you're a hundred percent Magic Johnson. And yes. you're Costa Kufis. He wasn't even on the dream team. <laughs> Shout out to Sanko Week. Yes. So just to speak to that. We have a 506 level rep and a 465 level rep. What does it take to get to that caliber? The industry like benchmark is probably around 250. I think most people would say once you hit 250, that's a pretty big number to hit. But what does it take to go from you guys did 300 your first summer to 500 and 465? Beyond work ethic, is there anything else that's helped you guys get to that next level? I mean, there's like the the classics 
confidence, working hard and being positive. But to kind of dive into it more, I think there's two things that really helped me out this last summer. And one of them is what you taught me, Isaac, my first summer, which is have a consistent mindset. For example, you go out one day and sell 12. Like, holy crap, that's a lot of deals. You don't want to get super stoked on it because the next day you're on too much of a high that you might fall and like put yourself short. Maybe you sell nine, but you're not happy. Or maybe you go out and get one deal after a nine day and you're super down on yourself. So one thing that I learned this last summer and kind of put into action was when I have a huge day, like a 15 day, I was still just right in the middle. Like I was obviously stoked, but I was just like, okay, that's good. I want to go out and do it again or get 16. And then if I had a bad day, obviously it's tough. But it's like, okay, I got one, two, three deals today, but I know I can get 15 the next day. So I think that's one of the biggest things. Another thing that was huge for me, I think every salesman has a point in the sell where there's an awkward moment where it's like, oof, should I get off the porch right now or should I just keep pushing? And I think as you gain experience, that awkward moment gets pushed back later on into the sell. So for example, like rookie year, you might get said no to twice. And you're like, ooh, I'm getting out of here. But now it's like I keep pushing and pushing a little bit further. Not pushing them, but more just like thinking. Being persistent. Yeah, just being persistent and like overcoming the objections so many different ways, being personal with them, making them laugh. So that way it's not awkward and they think you're a friend. Obviously, it makes it a lot easier for them to buy something from someone they think is a friend. So I think I would say to get consistent numbers, have the consistent mindset. And also with experience and just being persistent, you'll get to the point where it you don't even find an awkward point in the door. You are able to get people to purchase the services because they feel comfortable around you. Every rookie tries to kind of like figure it out, right? Figure out how to be consistent, figure out how to kind of get in that groove. And I found out, you know, three or four weeks into it that the number one thing for me to be consistent and do good on the doors is just be myself, be dumb, you know, make people laugh. <clears throat> My <laughs> dude, if that stays in the podcast, doesn't get edited out, it's easily going to break a million views in the first 24 hours. Yeah, the first out. 24 hours. Anyways, <laughs> so going throughout my first summer, I always tried to just tried to be funny and obviously you can't be like that with everybody i feel like a big part of this job is being able to read people and just kind of trying to like cater to to how they are and so year two i feel like one thing that really made me get better and and get more consistent is that i would just try to read people and you know i'd try to kind of mirror how they were but at the same time still be myself and still be just as persistent and just try to make it make sense for them right because there's two things that happen on the door it's either they're going to sell you on why they don't want to buy bug spray or you're going to sell them. And they're going to have any, your wigs in those damp areas in their house. So yeah. I feel like that should be in the book of Posteroni with that quote. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like that's that's one huge thing, just being yourself and just trying to, to mirror the customer. Dude, I mean, I think I could speak for you two on this. Like me and you are by far not the best salesman ever. But I just think going out every day, like just telling yourself, just manifesting it. Like I literally walking up to a door, I sometimes even say, you're the best. You're going to sell. You're going to get them to buy. Like I just think having that as a mentality, I mean, obviously you're not going to sell everyone. That'd be nice. But I just think just telling yourself that you're the best will help you go a long way and get those deals that you wouldn't have gotten if you were not manifesting that stuff to yourself. 100%. Yeah. If you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're right. If you if you go in Oof. walking up to that first door or that 10th door or whatever, and you're like man, I don't know if this person's going to buy. You're already shooting yourself in the foot, right? So I think that's huge. Yeah. And honestly, like these these guys are being humble. These guys are freaking studs. Like they really are some of the best in the industry. You know, 300 plus their first summer, Sam over 500 a second summer, Murr like right there as well at 465. So, you know, apart from these guys just being absolute dogs when it comes to just like grinding and making it happen, they're putting the work in outside 
of that training, practicing their pitch, working on the other aspects, their body language. They do what it takes to make it happen. So I'm personally like not surprised that these guys did this and I'm excited to see what's what's coming next. The other thing that doesn't surprise me as to why they do well is just how personable you guys are and just how energetic you guys always are. You literally are two little energizer bunnies. How are you always so happy, always so energetic? I mean, it shows when, when a person's unhappy and it also shows when a person is happy and that translates big time on the doors. Like the days that I'm feeling good and the days that I'm feeling happy, I feel like no one can stand in my way. But on the other end of the spectrum, the days that I'm kind of feeling down on myself for whatever reason, you know, I've been told no a thousand times. It's like five or six o'clock and I still don't have a deal. I'm starting to get that anxious feeling. Like, am I going to get a deal today? It shows. So in my life, I've always enjoyed being around happy people. I mean, no one wants to be around uh, someone who's moping, someone who's sad. No mopey Marvin. No mopey Marvin's in here. So yeah, I've always tried to be as happy as I can. And obviously the caffeine helps. Caffeine always gives you a little bit of a boost for summer. Me and Sam would do pre-workout in the morning for our morning workouts. Shout out to RC Willie for the Bowflex weights yes. <laughs> right before COVID shut and, everything down. And the little countertop we used in our apartment that we made. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace to that countertop. It was a good, be- was a good bench while it lasted. 250 milligrams in the morning of caffeine. And then about two hours later, we'd pop our first monster of the day, which is like, what, 180? Yeah. And then, or bang, sorry. It could be either. So that's 300 or 180. And then, we'd, and then we'd eat lunch because we'd go out and sell in the morning and then eat lunch before the afternoon knock, and then that'd be another energy drink. So we were easily pushing like 1,000 milligrams every well, day. Dude, not healthy times, at all, but... There's times in the night where it's like 7 o'clock, and we maybe like, dude, I need a burst of energy. Go back to the car, like literally shock on an energy drink, and just sprint back to the doors. Rough times. <laughs> Funny story. Dropped Sam off from lunch one day, knocking in California, and he just ran out of the car with me still going and somebody literally thought he broke into a house because Toll. he just ran straight from the car yeah to the door. that was, one, that was that. one of the few times the cops got called on me that summer i remember you calling me that day sam and i was just like dude you're an idiot <laughs> if you want to see the video go to my highlights on instagram to california and you'll see it so you guys are both studs obviously super successful doing a lot of really big things really good things why rid Obviously, besides having, like, you, my brother, obviously, Isaac, and then, like, P-Steph and Murr, like, all the boys, my best friends are literally here. Putting that aside, I wouldn't be anywhere, like, I wouldn't go anywhere without you guys. But putting that aside, I don't know. I just feel like the reason why people in life make a change or, in, I guess, to put it into, like, what we're doing in ourselves, the reason people change company to companies because they don't feel like they're at the best place. They feel like they, there's something better out there. And I personally feel like I'm in the best location. And the reason why I say it is because I don't feel like I've reached my full potential here. So I, I would almost say, like, I mean, it's in a good way. I'm almost, like, uncomfortable being here. Like, I, it's pushing me. Like, I feel like I need to do a lot more instead of, like, being comfortable and just, like, yep, I'm good where I'm at. Like, I don't feel that because I feel like I need to keep pushing and doing my best to get to where I want to be. And obviously the culture, like, Carson, CJ, Jason, those guys were a huge part of me coming here. Like, when we sat down with Rid a year ago. They were huge, like, helping us coming in. Like, I just remember sitting, me and Murray sat down with Carson and CJ, and, like, we were kind of nervous, like, walking into it. Like, oh, these are, like, the owners. Dude, nervous? I was literally pitted out in a Carhartt shirt. It was an XL size, Dude. so it was baggy off my armpits. I Granted, was nervous. You're always, you're always pitted out. <laughs> like, lift up your arm right now. Okay, you can't see, but he's probably pitting out big time right now. <laughs> I'm sweating. But I just remember, like, walking into it, like, super nervous for some reason, but... 
dude, like within minutes, like Carson and CJ were like, we're literally like our best buddies, like same humor, everything. Like, I don't know, it just felt good being here with like knowing that the owners were just genuinely there for us. And it wasn't just like the fake, oh yeah, man, I got you. Like we'll hang out one time and then only meet up for sales. So I, I like the, the culture here, but just knowing that there's a lot more potential to grow. And there's like, even I feel like you and I, like for Isaac and Pisa, like even though you guys literally even made it, like you guys are the branch owners. You guys are still here. Like, there's a lot more for you guys to do. So I think that's why it's nice. Yeah, I agree. Shout out to Carson, CJ, and Jason. The owners of this company are seriously the best. I love them all. I'll never forget our conversations at Roos Chris. And I'm excited for many more to come in the future. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Roos Chris with Carson and CJ. Roos Chris. Roos. So, and on top of that, I... I agree with what Sam says. I don't I don't feel comfortable here either and for a lot of different reasons, but one of the biggest ones is as opposed to just strictly like a pest control company, obviously it's more of a home service company, right? And so with with Shine getting rolled out, like I went out and knocked and and sold a little bit for Shine. And going out, I was I was super nervous. I don't know if I can I was shitting bricks. I don't know if I can say that, but I said it. So anyways, going out. We're gonna have the we're gonna interrupt. This is gonna be the first podcast with the E logo next to it for explicit. <laughs> What, you, what does that thing called? Parental advisory. We yeah, don't know, yeah, but yeah. all I got to say is welcome to the King Cho. But, but yeah, going out and knocking, I was just like really nervous. I'm like, man, I got to change my pitch. Like, I don't know what to say. But going out and selling it was literally the exact same thing as pest control. Selling something is the exact same thing. Just like you're going to get the same objections, right? People are going to say the exact same thing to you. Can I get a card? Oh, I got to talk to my husband or my wife and whatnot. But with these other future services that we plan on rolling out in the future, I'm looking forward to being put in those uncomfortable positions again and to, to learn something new because it's kind of like sharpening the saw, right? Let's just put more tools in your in your arsenal to be able to go out and just make some good old good old hard cash. 100%. Growth never comes being in the comfort zone, right? So I, I love that. I, I honestly feel the same way. Like I feel like I'm constantly on my toes because of the guys I'm surrounded with that are just the best of the best. Like it makes me constantly try to be my best self too. And so I, I love that. Like, I love that everyone's working hard to, to be their best selves. Like again, Sam and Carson, super humble guys. They easily have every right to be really braggy or boasty about what they've done or what they've achieved, but they're humble dudes. They're always looking to get better, always looking to help people out. And across the entire board at our company, like everyone's like that. And I think it creates a great environment to build people up so that they can literally be the best version of, of themselves, whatever that looks like. And one other thing I want to say as well is I don't only love the company, but I love the team that I'm on as well. Like the guys on our team mm-hmm. are such studs and Dude, I'll, I'll like never forget, and this is one thing as well that kind of goes into just like pushing myself and working harder. If I'm having a good day or a bad day, whatever it may be, like let's say I'm at five or six deals and it's eight o'clock, I'll get a text from P stuff or a text from Sam or a text from Isaac and be like, dude, you better you better get 10 today. You better <laughs> go out and, and make it happen. And so it's just to kind of like build off what you said, everyone's always pushing each other. That's huge. And so, dude, I don't know. I love Rooted. Dude, if I could marry a company, we'd be long into our first year of marriage. Sealed for eternity. In the honeymoon phase forever with those rose-colored glasses. Yes. Can't wait to have our first baby, which will be the branch whenever we come. Bing bong. You guys both you know, have said some really cool things today. A lot of value. Just a couple other things as we wrap up here. You both sold over 300 your first summer. And with RID, we have a lot of people coming in, a lot of new reps, because they kind of see the same vision that a lot of us have. And we're going to grow a ton. So... What advice do you have for rookies that are starting to catch the same vision or maybe don't even have the vision yet? How do they get to the same level as you guys as far as sales? What advice do you have for them to be able to go out and perform 
get through the learning curve and figure it out like you guys did. I've said it before, and I'll say it again forever. And I'll continue to say it. And I'll continue to say it. Just be yourself. My first big day out selling, I I think my my biggest day up to the point was like five. This is my first summer. Like week three. And I just was kind of in a groove. I don't know, just making people laugh, which is like what I love to do. So hopefully people have laughed up to this point. If not, then (laughs) I'm done. But anyways, so. (laughs) (laughs) But. Just be yourself. I went out that day, did seven, felt really confident about it. And confidence is key as well, right? That's how all these big guys in the industry are just ripping because they're like the most confident people in the room. And so once you learn how to be confident in your own skin and confident in in selling, then then you'll really take off. And being confident in selling, you know, that's learning the pitch. That's getting all, this, all the objections dialed in and just being able to go out and really make something out of nothing because every day, every single day you start at zero. And uh, that's good for a lot of reasons, you know. If I have a bad day, I never try to, I never want to have two bad days in a row because that's also consistent, right? That's consistently being bad. I want to always be a better version of myself. So if I have a bad day, you know, I have my goals for sales. You know, I try to reevaluate. I try to think about what I need to do differently the next day. And then I'll go out and just build off that and, and oftentimes just try to do good. Like, I'm going to give a shout out to Parker Gibb right now. I remember first summer with Gibb, he had like two. He, he, he like sold two one day. He's like, dude, I'm going to go out tomorrow and I'm going to sell like, I'm, I'm going to get 10. And he went out and I think he sold like 11 or 12. I yeah, was like, I remember that. I was like, dude, Gibb, you're a god. <laughs> I love that kid. Gibb was just tapping his wrist all day long next to the Oakland Zoo. Game time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. One, one thing I want to add quick just before Sam shares his little advice is, something that I think is really valuable to anyone listening here. I think it's very obvious that Sam and Carson exude a ton of confidence whenever you meet them or you're around them. And I think that's something that a lot of people aspire to have, but maybe not everyone does, right? So for a rep listening to this or someone that maybe feels like they lack some of that confidence, the best way to build confidence is through practice and preparation. If you don't feel very confident with what you're doing with this job, right? If you don't feel very confident with the pitch or, you know, with certain objections, you got to practice that. You got to, you know, perfect that. And that's, that's what's going to take your confidence to the next level. Kind of building off what Murray said, I feel like me and Murray should do the same things because 10 pound baby. Connect to the hip. Same physique. Yeah. Cookie two step. But back to just being yourself. Honestly, I think the reason why deals sometimes come easier than others is because like you're just yourself. And like if you try and be someone who you're not, then it's gonna be a lot harder to sell as that person. But if you're yourself, it's gonna be a lot easier. So for example, me and Murray, you're like really sarcastic on the doors, probably a little crude, sometimes <laughs> a little too crude. It's just who we are and we end up getting deals. But I think another big thing that helped me get three hundred and two my first summer is just faking it. I'll be honest, I don't know if this is probably good to say, but me and Murray didn't put in a whole lot of training before that summer. Like, I remember, like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll train. So we went to, that like, the office all the time, and, like, we went all to all the team meetings and stuff. But, dude, I remember a week before we went out to go sell, I was in Murr's basement. We're watching the Travis Scott concert on Fortnite. And the Fortnite guy. Yes, the <laughs> Fortnite guy. I love McDonald's. Chavy Patty. But... We were just sitting there, and we had, like, a little Zoom meeting. We didn't pay attention at all during it. Then towards the end, like, all right, guys, well, we have a week left. So we get out there and start selling. And me and we both looked at each other like, dude, I don't even know the intro. 
I tried just so everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> we had our meetings, we did, but every time we'd hop well, on, it just it went south every time. Well, like I hope yeah. you guys just understand like these guys have been mild on the show today, so. <laughs> Isaac definitely was, like we had the resources and stuff. Murray and I were just got lazy, so we get out there to start selling and like I was nervous. Like and a quote from what Carson said earlier, shitting bricks, you mm-hmm. could say. And then I think Isaac just told me, like, I remember one day he's like, dude, even if you don't know what you're doing, act like you are. Because the people you knock on their door, they don't know if you just sold 35 people or zero people. But if you just act like you just sold 35, then they're going to be a lot easier to get sold as well. So just faking it until you make it. Like, yeah, me and Murray, like, we are confident, I feel like. Sometimes we're probably in a position where we don't feel confident at all. Like podcasts, for example. I don't know, like, what the heck this I've never done this before, but. (laughs) The one other thing I'll say is surround yourself with confident people if you feel like you lack in confidence just like you become a product of the people you surround yourself with that's why our team has done so well and will continue to do well and same for rid is the people that that we're with the people that we work with not only do we have a ton of fun we work really hard and we push everybody to be better yeah i think that's huge and one thing that i just wanted to add on that like i think that experience that Sam just shared really kind of puts into perspective like how these two guys are literally just sales prodigies, like go out and sell over 300 with little to no training. I've been doing this for, it's come on six years now, coming up on six years, and I've rarely heard of that ever happening. So to anyone listening to this, put the work in. I'm sure, I, I can't even imagine what this, these guys would have done if they had put work in, you know, like like a lot of the guys are. So I think it, it says a lot like who they are and their, their persistence and their, the grind that they put in. And then obviously just, you know, we, we saw where they went from 300 all the way up to, you know, 500 and 465, you know, granted, I know a lot of that probably came with some of that extra training that really helped take you guys to that next level. And the one thing I want to add to that, putting in tons of training, it's going to help you out, but never be a robot. Cause when you're a robot on the doors, people can see that they won't see the enthusiasm behind it. They'll just see that you're going through the motions which isn't a bad thing oftentimes, but if being a robot is being yourself, then do it. Cause you're going to be most confident doing it that way. But cater the pitch, like watching training videos and whatnot. Don't try to replicate what another person does. Try to take pieces of information and put that into your own pitch. Cause that's when you're really going to take off. Like, trust me, I've tried every way in the book on how, on how to sell. I've watched the big dogs do it from training videos and tried to replicate the exact same thing. And it didn't work for me. Anyways, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> yeah, see ya. Uh huh. But yeah, just put in the training. But like I said, just be yourself when you're doing it because that's when you're gonna be most confident and most in your zone. You're gonna rip. One thing that I think is the most admirable trait that you two both have, and very little reps have this, and this is for everybody. I think everybody at some point experiences burnout, whether that's with their corporate job, whether that's with school, doesn't matter what it is, but applying it to the job here, you guys finish stronger than anybody in the industry. And I can say that confidently. You guys would probably knock as much as you can. I know Sam begs me to go out back to Charleston all the time, and I'm sure Murr would be right on there with him if he found out Sam got a flight. What helps you guys avoid burnout and just finishing strong? Honestly, this kind of goes back to what PSEF said at the start of the summer is like, there's always these 
door-to-door salesmen that they go out and they're like, I'm going to rip 300 or 100 or 1,000. And they come back and they didn't reach their goal, which is fine. It's, it's okay Like if you end up not getting your goal if you worked hard. But I didn't want to have the excuse of saying, oh, dude, I would have got 500, but I just had to go back for school. I had uh, my dog got sick one day so i had to go home and burp it a little bit to make sure he was okay <laughs> it was eating plastic <laughs> yeah i just i just i don't know i think i told everyone that this upcoming summer i was gonna get 500 so i told isaac i told pcf i told the owners all the people on my team friends i don't even do sales i said i'm gonna sell 500 and i didn't want to come back with 499 i wanted to come back with 500 so i think that just made me want to do it because i manifested it and if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and if he's going to do it, I'm going to do it. And we're all going to do it. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. <laughs> if you're out there and you're still selling, why not give your all? Why Why just waste time? You're not wasting anybody else's time but your own. So how I see it is if you're going to be out there and still sell, you know, still try to, to hit those goals, then just go give it your all. Because if not, I mean, there's a lot of money that you're leaving on the table. Like, dude, the OG Merman, my dad always gives me good nuggets of wisdom. He... If there's a if there's a day where where I'm just having Skyman Mer Skyman yes. yeah dude if there's a day where I'm just having a, a bad day sometimes I'll I'll, I'll give him a call because I know he'll he'll fill me up with some with some good words about ninety three gas dude gas ninety three yeah now everything Liddy some extra blue cheese and extra guac <laughs> he is a part of the money making committee Nav dude Nav is one thing that gets me through the summer yes. I I listen to tons of Nav but and, and little baby and Travis and Playboy Cardi and Kanye yeah. Dude, this is actually one thing in Chicago that, Ooh, that got me just hyped every day. Shout out to shout out to the beautiful girlfriend Shabix for this one. Shout out to Shay. Dude, she sent us the unreleased version of Donda like two weeks before it released. And yeah, dude, just mobbing out to Southside Chicago, bumping that. I can't tell you how many people I gave that to. I got a deal and I was like, dude, do you like Kanye? And she says, I'm filling out the agreement. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, bro, you won't believe this. I have his album, and I just dish it to him. Well, dude, there's a few times where me and you both got a couple deals, and we used that as an ace. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just said, look, man, yeah. if you're willing to if you're to hop on board with me, dude, I'll lower the price to 79 bucks, and I'll also give you the unreleased Donda album. And they literally were like, all right, where do I sign? Here's my credit card. But no, my my dad always is like, man, you could be seriously leaving like two, three, four grand on the table if you don't still go out and finish the day strong because you don't know like if, how many deals you're going to be leaving behind. Kind of going back to the no stones left unturned quote that he gave me. But no matter what, I always just try to, to go out and just give my all because I know at the end of the day, if I if I don't, I'll go back and I'll be pissed. And, and someone be else like, is going to take that deal. Dude, yeah. I think that's awesome, honestly. And I think it's... Again, like everything you guys said, obviously all adds up. It makes sense why you guys are who you are and you've done what you've done. And I love that. Like, I think to anyone listening to this, burnout is real. Like, we're, we're not going to try to say that it's a myth or, you know, it, it doesn't happen. I think it, it, it happens at different points in time for different people. But it's in that moment where you got to really decide, like, who you are. Are you going to be someone that finishes strong? Or are you going to be the guy that, like, lets up, right? And so I think, it, like I said, it says a ton about your character, finishing strong and doing what you guys did. And, and not only that, but have fun. We're all human. If I said that I've never felt burnout. Well, most of us in the room are human. We are still trying to find out what you are. There's The lab results should be back this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, anyways, so. For sure, man. Dude, just try to have fun. Like, I kind of what I was saying is 
I feel like if you say you've never experienced burnout, but that's that's a lie. Like I feel like we've all felt a little bit of burnout before, whatever it may be. So at the end of the summer, dude, or whenever it may be, just make the job fun. You know, have fun with your boys on the way out to area. Have fun on the weekend, but put in the hard work when it's time to put in the hard work. Drop a SpongeBob area for for your guys so they they laugh. They're having a tough time, dude. Shout out to SpongeBob area. That area was gas. What do you mean by a, that? Is he literally a cut, pit? He cut his cousin Caleb on our team hood that was shaped as SpongeBob. And then never forget <laughs> chicken boot. Never forget. I yeah. I drew a chicken leg and a boot, but I didn't mean to on purpose. <laughs> it looked. It looked. Yeah. It was sick. And then if you want to just go hard and drop a 15 day you got to drop a pipe area <laughs> the crack pipe area yes what's next for this upcoming summer what are we going to see from you two my door's gonna be golden a very gold door hey yo these guys both want to hit 550k in rev both hit a golden door let's go out and make it happen boys thanks for yes, thanks for being here today appreciate having you guys yes sir we love you guys we love Rid. And Rid loves us. To the moon. Till next time. And back. Bing bong. <laughs> <laughs>